Straight to you from Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Welcome to Permit to Think. Meaningful stories and conversations from the fringe of societal norms. I am your host, Mike Dawes. As a professional fisherman and host, I've spent the last 25 years traveling the near and far reaches of the world. In the beginning, the goal was untouched adventures in wild fish. But I've come to realize that the people I have met along the way and their stories have played a pivotal role in seeking what I'm truly after, a quiet mind and time to think. This ride is too short, so I'm gonna start exploring the narratives of the people that have brought me here. I've been told that audio has no rules, so it seems like a good platform for someone who grew up breaking them all. So let's go. Permit to Think is brought to you by Off The Grid Studios. Everyone has a story to tell. Let these guys and gals tell yours, especially if the unconventional doesn't scare you. Visit offthegridstudios.com for more information. Also brought to you by Ironbound Media, a veteran-owned media company that creates, distributes, grows, and grows podcast series for brands and organizations. Head on over to ironboundmedia.com to check it out. Also brought to you by GuidePointer. GuidePointer is a web-based software that gives your guiding service all the tools you need to manage your business. I personally helped develop this software for 20 years and would have never been able to do my job without it, period. GuidePointer is part of the Romeo Bravo software company. For information, head over to guidepointer.com. Let's go. Our guest today is Vance Freed. Vance is one of the top trout fishing guides in the world, as well as an international host. Our journey together goes back 20 years, and a lot has changed since the day we met. Vance grew up in Trumbull, Connecticut, and left his work in television and music at the turn of the century to become a fishing guide. I can honestly say that I have never met anyone whose job and passion whose job and passion were more aligned and is intuitively aware of it. It is wildly refreshing. Vance was one of the first Americans to guide in the Seychelles back at the turn of the century and has also worked in various countries, including South America, Mexico, recently Bolivia, etc., etc. He has been a guide, a head guide, a guide school instructor, Guide of the Year many times over at World Cast Anglers. Vance is a proud husband to his beautiful wife, Greer, and father to his beautiful daughter, Reese, and is often seen with his right-hand dog accompanying him, the captain. Without further ado, please welcome Vance Freed. What's up, Vance? Mike, how are you, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. That was good. The, your, uh... God, I wish I coined this, but it was Christopher Hitchens who said, of all the introductions I had, that one was the most recent. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I know, me too. That's awesome. Well, thanks for coming, man. Of course. Thanks for carving out the time. Yeah, man, always. Um, You, uh, before we, we head on, I mean, Bolivia was recent, and 
I was talking. So you you just got back, right? I mean, this. Yeah, I got back. Uh, you know, like I that what I thought was a big fish picture that you looked at. Well, you know, we went on to look at an actual. Or first, we looked at a real <laughs> big fish picture. But uh, that that was six days ago yesterday, which is wild. Oh wow! Yeah, real real soon. And so I had you and I briefly caught up here um, before this, but. When I was talking... We could pretend we didn't. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, fine. When I was talking to Gillikin, oh. a question he kept describing, um, which I thought was really fucking cool, which was, you know, the awareness of the jungle of the indigenous people. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, that was the, that was the selling point for me uh, in Guyana with Riwa, too. A selling point. There were various selling points, but... What really, what I was most taken by, the fishing was phenomenal and totally interesting. And, uh, you know, there's a whole many arapaima around. So whether you hook them or not, you're seeing them. So you're engaged. Um, and uh, I was fascinated then by the fact, well, it, down in Guyana, you know, there's a French settled and a British settled. Rewa was in the British settled. So... They, you know, they spoke English. The, yeah. the Imranese spoke English. So, and you've you've heard me say this, but uh, you know, anything, uh, anything you had a question about, they knew. They had been, they had to kill it once, or it bit their grandfather. <laughs> or, you know, like every every creature, they had a story for, and they were all. Uh, I was very, I guess, moved. No, that is the word. I was moved by. Will you walk through the jungle with them? This is their whole universe that not once did they ask me about us or new york or whatever stuff i'd be curious about or sure. or people the world over are curious about um they didn't they were very content uh with where they were and when we would be walking you know an hour through the jungle if some monkeys would come overhead the amerindians were the first ones to just stop and stare and point and talk about them almost like they're reading it Reading it, but uh, yeah, but just something that they have never lost an appreciation for. That's I mean, cool. Yeah, it was very cool, and uh, clearly, you know, as a as a fishing guy, this is what I just learned again. Was uh, you know, I, uh, when I got to uh, Rewa, I was you know, I I thought I was good at seeing fish or reading fish. I've been watching fish. Rewa meaning Re Guyana. Yeah. Rewa Rewa equalizing in, in Guyana. Yeah. But uh, you realize the significance uh, of like having the guide right there because he, you know, you watch the fish do one thing and you have your thoughts on what it's doing based on your, and it was usually the 180 degree opposite. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. And the guide was like, no, 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 no. He's over there. His head is over there. The bubbles, are, you know, like, yeah. so, so it was good as a guide it was good to be like fascinated with how good the guide was same thing you know with their ability to read stuff that i don't know you don't know until you know yeah you, you know you don't know what matters same thing in um in bolivia i thought you know you'd think a fish that basically glows golden color would be easy to see but they are not easy to see yeah you know and even in three feet of water a 20 pound fish can hide and it took a guide you know he'd be like no you could see the fish right and i was you know lying i'm like yeah i see him <laughs> you know i was like what what is he talking about but then i did yeah 
but uh but so uh, that's one of the coolest aspects like you know i'm getting guided by a guy i don't know if he's a friend of yours but you know who he is rob coming up in the keys yeah yeah and uh you know just to to see you know to ask questions and and see and i asked the guys in bolivia a ton of questions they loved it they yeah. loved the the they loved the interest in in all of it and they can probably tell who's truly curious oh. or who's just fucking saying something well, to say. and and i told them i'd be like you know what man i was shitting you before i couldn't see that fish yeah. you know? and he's like no i know man they take a while they you know you have to learn you know yeah. i i couldn't see him either like they all have you know they tell yeah. you their their story uh it was cool. Yeah. yeah, it's cool that you. That's where I was headed. You actually linked them before we even I even got there. So that's that's always cool. Yeah. So when Gillikin was kind of telling me about the overall experience and how he was so blown away by exactly, you know, the aspects you're talking about in oh the jungle. God. The first thing that came to my mind was Guiana, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll never forget a moment I had there and was in a different headspace at that time, but. The jungle was so audible and so alive that I had to plug my ears. And so Mm -hmm. it almost like in talking to him brought me back. Mm -hmm. And I was, that was my question. Like, is it as wild? It is. This is a comparison I can make and you can relate to this. Do you, uh, now the jungle in Guyana, somehow we were able to walk through. You know, we would walk to the Yeah, ponds. had like the paths almost. Yeah, there were paths. But even, you know, you could look in this 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 jungle, and it might have just been around the river bottom or the corridor where the river gets big, but it looked impossible to get into this jungle. It Intimidating, it, yeah. Oh, no, it was like, you know, like a giant jungle dread, <laughs> you know, like shit all grown in like a carpet. You just got to yeah. cut through. And I don't know if it's just that it's that lush close to the close to the river or if the entire jungle is like that. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know, but that's what I asked Kurt Hammy too. I was like, how's the jungle compared to, uh, to Rewa? And I would say that they are, you know, the same way, you know, Cuba is a tropical environment. I find that to be the most pristine, cleanest I've seen. Yeah. Okay. But it's a tropical environment, not unlike the Seychelles, not unlike the Bahamas. So they weren't so different that they have to be considered in different jungle categories. There's similar, you know, giant trees. This time of year, the river is very low. So there are trees that are towering over you. Yeah. With animals and birds bouncing around them. I mean, it, is it any more wild? I don't think I'm in a position to classify either one as more wild. Yeah. It okay. was a wild, foreign, far away where stuff lives and dies according to Darwinism. Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> exactly. it. There's life and death all around you. That's, uh, it was awesome. Yeah, I, I find myself, I mean, obviously through reading and, and the rest of it, right? Like more and more intrigued that, you know, by the entire connection of it all. And was it sounds like, you know, it's 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 literally no different. I mean, I've, I've never been to Bolivia per yeah. se, right? But I have caught a big golden Dorado and I remember studying its cheek plate. Yeah. Right. And then I've also been in Tanzania and caught a big tiger fish and studied the cheek plate che- and then asked the guide was like, there's no way that these are from a separate family, even though their teeth are different. And he's like, well, they're not. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, before, before the continent split, they were just on one side and the other. And I was like, 
huh. You know, I mean, just making you think so much larger than... Yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, yeah, those, uh, those guys that grow up in those environments or around the fisheries forever have made those connections a long time ago. Oh, you know, yeah. They know about that. Well, that's just so, that's so priceless to be able to ask, to be in a position to talk to them about it is uh, one of the coolest aspects of any, certainly a destination guided trip like that. Yeah, and what I find so fascinating in, let's say that some of the guys you were with, right? If they saw a cheek plate of a tiger fish in Africa, Uh and they know obviously know what a cheek plate of a golden dorado looks like, they wouldn't have any any norms of society to say there's no way that these are different. They would probably inherently say, of course these are related, right? Like and firmly believe it, right? And you're talking about sort of that splintering look exactly. on the cheek plate exactly yeah, that is very distinctive yeah and they're in on the on a big tiger fish it's the same exact thing yeah i got in real close on this fish that i caught because because i've always been fascinated by the cheek plate yeah on dorado like i've wanted to look at it and it was even cooler than i thought yeah uh, up, up close yeah and the gold adds a whole mm-hmm. right yeah in fact w- uh one of the guides there fernando He's the head guide. He started guiding when he was 38. You know, we made this connection. I started when I was 32. Yeah. Okay, you want to talk about a physical job, what he's doing right now. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the movement. Oh, my God, the movement. But, you know, just the just the random bursts of having to, like, haul a boat up a rapid. Sure. Like, you go from, like, thinking about where you're going to go to, like, a minute and a half of intense pushing yeah and then get back in the boat make sure everyone's okay is that a monkey <laughs> i mean like a very hard work you know we've we've talked about this before when we've gotten one of the things that teaches probably taught you a lot certainly taught me a lot uh when you get to go to other countries and see what is required to operate or required to be an effective guide in a truly hostile environment yeah it's a very different it's not a lifestyle it's a life yeah and it gives you a we've talked about this right the appreciation of where we are just just yeah insane well yeah i mean i i'm 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 excited right like i want to go i will go at some point yes um that's phenomenal but let's let's um I would say this. Okay, so regarding the jungles, like I said, I was equally fascinated. We spent more time in the jungle in Rewa, in those walking. Yep. Okay, we did not leave the river bottom in in Guyana. I'm I'm sorry, in Bolivia. We stayed in the river. You know, even if we were walking in one of those creeks I was talking about, we were... Eight ten feet. We were, you know, it's pretty sketchy. Yeah, but it Absolutely. was, was intimidating. Right? No, 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 not intimidating. Wow, cool, cool. like grateful yeah. the whole time. You're like, no, this is, this is, uh, this is all. You know, the whole time you're just thinking, this is exactly what I wanted to do. That's awesome. Is see this kind of fishery, you know, such a good. Uh, I left there so concerned with its well being. Like, like, can some quadrillionaire step in and <laughs> make sure this place stays you know yeah, exactly. whatever you yeah. know it's just it, you when you know you had a good trip when you come away with that kind of uh, feeling yeah. in your heart no yeah. it's uh, and it's crazy as it sounds right there, there's not i mean uh, you know i hate to 
at least one man's opinion, but I hate to break it to people, right? Like there's not, there really isn't that many left. I mean, I, I, no. I hate to... Uh, no, this feels, uh, this feels, it's special. And to get back to Dave's point about watching the, uh, they call them locals, Chimane. Yep. To, to watch the Chimane maneuver. You know, I didn't, there was a language barrier, you know, for me. They speak uh, some type of Spanish. The guides can speak with them. And, but, uh, but uh, no, they are, uh, you are really, you're effectively being guided by three people. There's the Argentine, who's like the fishing guy, okay, and is also very skilled and knows how to, what to do with the boat and when, but... The, the only reason that operation is in place and the only reason it operates is because of the Chimane yeah. people. You constantly watch them perform miracles, getting what is not a heavy, what is not a light boat. Yeah, I've heard they're heavy they're as heavy shit. They're heavy as shit. Yeah. Okay. And they tried it with aluminum boats. Aluminum boats stick to everything. So, and this makes perfect sense. And this is like one of the things you'd only know through the trial and error of having to provide boats and what motors they started with outboards, 40 horse outboards. Now they've got go devils, Mm -hmm. which are, you know, powerful, easy to work on. And the Chimane know how to, you, they could park a boat in your living room and not knock a thing over with this (laughs) thing ripping, right? They're like, I mean, you watch them go up these rapids and they're pushing, you know, the guy in backs on the motor guys up front or they're both using poles. Yeah. You know, it's, it would, it would, uh, the fact that they do it, I don't know, 10 times a day up and then they have to come down. They take course, you go down with them. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. they, you constantly watch them perform miracles. We're a little, we're a little close. Can you, uh, <laughs> oh, oh no, I mean, I'm joking. Yeah, no, I, I hear, you know, it, that comes up. You yeah. Know, some guy, you know, yeah, got, got hit. Jim Clue got stuck in the eye with it. Yeah, right. that, and that was there, and that was because one of the poles came back. Yeah, you that was on my radar. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it comes with the territory, right? I mean, it's that, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. That you you're aware of, you're aware of that, but that's kind of why you do it too, right? Like absolutely. You know, it's you know, it's not for everyone, but you think and hope it's for you. Yeah, you've made that calculated. Totally, for totally. sure. Well, I, you know, I I, um, I want to rewind a little bit because I think um, I think you know I I that that part I was saying about earlier and it's it's sincere. Like I don't think I I haven't met anyone whose whose profession and passion is so you know gratefully aligned. Mm-hmm. I guess is what I would say. And and there's something unique to that. And part of that is got to be spawned from um, doing other things prior. A hundred percent. Okay. So can you, so post-college years, right? Like graduate from St. Michael's in Vermont, correct? Johnson State. Go go Badgers. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's effectively because they're the same thing. Okay. Okay. St. Mike's. Yeah, saw fish play there. Did you? I did. St. Mike's? Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. I I wasn't, but they were. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So can you just, can you, I've got some questions to ask, but I know, and part of the reason I bring that up Uh is because, you know, you you, with this alignment of passion and profession and going well, and then, 
at times I feel like maybe you don't, you know, you'd rather forget about some of that stuff or may not dive deep into it. But I, I, I think what's cool about it, right? Forget what stuff? The prior to guiding. No, I, no, it's all, uh, it was all foundational for why I appreciate now. Okay, That's cool. So, so you're, you are open to Oh, totally. Okay. Yeah. No, it, that was, uh, you know, your, the intro you read and what you said and all that, it was very, uh, really accurate uh, in, a, in a lot of ways. The only thing you didn't address, and this is what we've talked about before, personally or, you know, off mic, <laughs> is, uh, you know, the luck aspect of where I wound up. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, let's face it, like, well, I'm going to be a fishing guide. Is To the ears of a lot of people, it's like, well, I'm saying fuck it. Yeah. Okay. I understand that. Yeah. But not I, a lot I, of people are thinking, wow, he's, yeah, he's yeah. about to take flight. Yeah. That's not, that's <laughs> not, it doesn't, it doesn't, I wouldn't, I, you know, I was thinking, you know, I moved here for, you know, effectively, uh, what, what amount to selfish reasons. I was like, look, you know, I'm spending whatever time I have fishing. And whatever money I have, I'm spending on traveling to fishing. I wasn't married. I didn't own a home. This is when I was working for Martha Stewart. And I said, well, you know, I might as well either try to become a guide. And I did have an in with AJ. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I knew that was his first year as an instructor. What was the, what was that connection? Uh, my buddy, Matt Kelly. Okay. Okay. Who I grew up with. He's, you know, skied with AJ or, or ski patrol or something. So anyway, um, so, you know, that, that was, well, anyway, I, I came out and, uh, you know, I, and so when I, when I just want the luck aspect is what, I, what I'm getting at is, yeah. like, uh, you know, the fact that I wound up with WorldCast is very, the, it winds up being a very different job than being uh, a fishing guide. And, uh, uh, you know, being a fishing guide at a lot of outfits is uh, a three or four month deal. If, sure. if you live in a good zone, you know, five, six, if you're willing to, you know, bleed a little. Yeah. And, um, but, but, you know, so I, I didn't know how, what being a fishing guide entailed, really. I wasn't super familiar with the profession and, but I just knew, you know, it sort of made sense. At least my proximity would be such that I didn't have to spend a lot of money to go trout fish. And yeah. I'd think, well, if I never get married or have a kid or any of that, at least I'll be happy fishing. And I'll Absolutely. have that. And it, you know what? That and I really think it's, for the most part, would have worked. As long as some other changes I went on to make eventually yeah. came into play. Absolutely. And But the timeline, so Johnson State, go Badgers, right? Like <clears throat> straight to Martha Stewart? Straight, straight to Nantucket. Straight to Nantucket, that's right. Yeah. And I was on Nantucket for, you know... Somewhere between two and four years. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Maybe three years. I, I don't know. I had a stint out there. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Building well, a... It was a real, uh, it was a great, you know, I never, I never, never knew what I was going to do for a job. And I didn't. Uh, so uh, for me to own a painting company out there and have and make money, right right out of college no i was like oh i've arrived this is it but you know in short time i was like wow there's there's a whole world out there going on without me and what you know what am i doing so then i left i think i left in 96 
okay. or 97, doesn't matter. And I went to New York to go to acting school. Which, oh, wow. Which was funny. That. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. it was, uh, yeah. I how, was, how far did you get in that process? Uh, I think I went to like four classes. Okay. Okay. And so you, you applied and wrote, you were in. Well, I didn't apply. I just paid. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it was like, you know, they'll take, they'll, they'll exactly. take your money just to see. Yeah. And it wasn't a bad, you know, it wasn't a bad, uh, way to at least get an idea if you have just to understand at the very edges of what it's going to take or what you better be inclined at. Yeah. It was helpful because, uh, you know, I had to stand in front of people and try to laugh and it was one of the most uncomfortable moments of my life. Yeah, like, absolutely. And I was like, I'm no actor, but I had to, I had to put myself in a situation because you could see some other people were good at it. I was yeah. like, wow, you know, this guy should act. Yeah. That's, or this girl or whatever. Yeah. I, um, when I was on my third school in one year, I think in my freshman year and ended up at the high school, one of the most memorable parts of that was every single person involved in the school. And I hold, I put so much value on this, Mm -hmm. um, had to get up in front of the entire school, no accompaniment of any sort, and sing a song of your choice from start to finish. And if you weren't loud enough, they would stop you. And if you weren't putting in a good enough effort, they would stop you. And people would actually run away from the school because of this moment. Yeah. And it was easy to uh, ridicule or think about it until it was your turn. Yeah. And I did that for, I had to do it in summer school and the regular school. I did it like five times, same, the song, same fucking song every time. What song? Um, I, uh, Doobie Brothers, Blackwater. Okay, I don't know. Oh, oh Blackwater. Oh, oh, shit. Maybe that's not the name of the song. Yeah, okay. But anyhow, I, so I, I, I know what you're, right? It's easier said than done. You can say it, but yeah. then if you have to get up and try to laugh in front of... Yeah, well, me going, you know, me going to acting school was me basically saying, okay, I'm out of college. I, I'm not going to be a painting contractor because I just was doing that and yeah. walked away from... What could have been, you know, a really pretty good life. Yeah. If I have had, if I hadn't sort of made the change in my mind, and say this is actually limiting and not at all what you want to do. So, but um, then how did you make? So I didn't know what I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. I just figured, oh, New York. So in addition to going to acting school, I was interning at a jingle house. Now this kind, this actually was kind of cool. What's a jingle? A house? Jingle house doesn't exist anymore. It 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 was uh, canceled effectively by the by the use of like software. <laughs> now, you know, at the, the place I interned was called Interned. Yes, what it was. It was an internship at a place called Look, Inc. And it was a jingle house. A jingle house is a company that provides commercial music. You know, like, uh, I love goldfishes because we're so delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Go on goldfish. And that was like their big hit at Look, Inc. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, and so this got, is like right when the internet started. This is when the internet yeah. started. Okay. okay. Like, uh, and literally uh, twice so it, it was an interesting process and I'm glad I, I even got to witness it even though it was it was on the way out um, 
was they literally had a huge studio with all instruments, different drums, different keyboards, all of it, and a giant 26-channel board between glass. It was like a regular album situation. Yeah. And these musicians would come in. Paul Schaefer was in there. He, really? He was a work... Yeah, I mean, the whole time, still to this day, I, as far as I know, I don't know, I'm making this up, but he was, at, in that time, that was, you know, Letterman was at its height. Yeah, absolutely. Working every day, but no, he... He was absolutely known everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he was... And he's to- a total jingle maker, like a full-on, full-on musician. Like he was working there? No, or he would go, he would he be one of the players that would come in. Oh, He'd wow. play keyboards on commercial stuff. Oh, wow. That's cool. I know, that was cool. I'm like, really? He works? So like, yeah, he's a hard-working guy. And, you know, like the Letterman gig's probably, <laughs> probably pretty easy, you know? Like, yeah. it might take some time, but, you know, he's... I don't know. They, 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 they like them. This is a This has nothing to do with it, but... Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, that's so. Anyway, that was that's what I did. I did that for four months, and uh, I was going to acting school. And of course, the whole time, you know, partying extremely hard with my best friend Andy, who lived was an upstart lawyer. First year, just started at a at a huge New York firm called Sherman and Sterling, a giant. You know, were you guys living together? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a whole separate thing. But that, but, you know, there's a reason I got to go there. I got to live yeah. in West Village because he's like, he was funny. He goes, he goes, you can move in with me. I don't need privacy. <laughs> <laughs> That's and anyway, awesome. so uh, yeah, and and I was gone every weekend because I was fishing every weekend, and so uh, and uh, so that was really you know acting school and me going to. Uh, doing the internship at a jingle house, it was me. I was like, "Look, I have to. I, I got to find my way. I got to do something." And uh, I, I wanted to do something creative or in music, or you know, I didn't know. I really sure. didn't know. I hadn't thought about it, and uh, and I didn't really think about it while I was painting because I was like, "This is what I'm doing." I mean, yeah. Like, how in the hell do you stumble into making this much money and have a pretty good scene? It was an unhealthy scene, and sure. But it was, you know. Anyway, I felt successful in a sense. Yeah, independent financially. Right. And then I was yeah. like, no, actually, I've got to leave, and I'll figure something else out. And then I just left. Yeah. So and uh, so anyway, I was after you know a year in New York, I was totally broke, and uh, I can't remember how I heard about. Uh, a friend of mine was in production or something, and he called me and said, hey, there's there's a studio being built in Westport, Connecticut, and I'm from Connecticut, so I, I'm familiar with it. And he said, uh, you know, the liter- the paint is literally drying on the studio walls, and they have to start filming in there in 10 days or start taping. What well, film? It was taped. Taping in there in 10 days. Oh, they'll pay you $150 a day. Would you do it? And I was like literally almost starving broke, and I was like, yes. And, yeah. you know, uh, so I was there early in the morning. Turns out it was Martha Stewart's studio. And, you know, I learned very quickly that, you know, television is chaotic. I mean, t- true chaos, especially working for someone like Martha Stewart. There was no union people aspect because yeah. she's, you know, she's tough and difficult and you she, can do it her way. And if you're going to be a person that adheres to union rules, you're going to say, no, I'm not doing that. And yeah. so anyway, there's all these specific tweaks. So I think that makes this even more stressful, sort of chaotic. 
situation and the fact that the studio needed to start producing within like 10 days was it was a huge deal so uh basically i got it you know started and worked a lot and got just got to meet everyone it turns out it was a ground level opportunity basically yeah for a studio that had a core group of i don't know let's call it 30 people and they needed to hire a bunch of people and you know because i was I needed to work so badly I had no problem going early and staying late and then you make relationships and, and then after a week they said well would you stay you know a month or stay six months I can't remember and then they just said well why don't you just go on staff and work and be a staffer and I was so, like, so okay. how long were you there for almost eight years holy shit I know man I, I don't know I guess time went by quickly then too so you I mean I, I and part of the reason I say holy shit is because if the if the paint was drying on the walls yeah. then you got to see it blow up totally yeah i mean she was big anyway but uh she was you know, she was big anyway in fact like the um the studio had to come about very abruptly because you know they were filming in her house which was a nightmare because you know she's likes her stuff a certain way yeah, and there's no way to get cameras and gear and lights without you know without it being disruptive and therefore you know jeopardizing the 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 thought of it getting done yeah so it was uh, it was it was pretty cool and, and the, the chaos probably went with the success or just kept getting uh the chaos the chaos was in place uh, it was more of a culture right where you know, if you think of it like from a coaching perspective, there's some coaches that coach from a place of f fear. Yeah. You know, look, uh, I don't have to tell you how to, you, you did a good job. The fact that you're playing again next week means my blessing is implied. Sure. Or there's a player's coach yeah. who takes you aside and goes head to head with you and hugs you and says, great play. And that was great. And, and, uh, and so it was more of a fear culture. Gotcha. When she, when Martha was around, people behaved very differently. And then it literally blew. You were there when she was hauled off. And, oh yeah, no yeah. that that was the, at the end. Yeah, that was at the end. Uh, the last year I was there, uh, she was getting ready for trial. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the last six months, say. Getting ready for trial means that she was not on site creating content or gotcha. creating, putting out anything. So basically we had six months to use the, you know, to get paid, first of all, even mm -hmm. though she wasn't there, like no one really knew what to do. All, yeah. all, everyone's job relied on her presence. That had to be a weird culture. Totally yeah. weird. Totally weird. And, uh, you know, I had, this was a job, I told you how I started basically stumbled into it but there was a lot of people there that had worked you know had had their eye on working at martha stewart for a lot of their life and yep. had gone to college at the chicago art institute or nyu and you know this was the pinnacle like they had really reached a spot that they were very proud of and had started family so it was a very sad thing yeah to see that go away but um everyone eventually got hired back anyway that took some time yeah once she got out of prison, but it, 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 it but it was, uh, for me, I was kind of like, uh, yeah, I'll leave. Yeah. Uh, and that's when you, 
But, yeah. but what I find fascinating, so the, the whole time, pretty much constantly, right? Like you were, fishing never really disappeared, right? Like it was. No, but. Um, was there a time, like, because for me, it disappeared, like, for college years for part of it, right? Like it was, you know, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't, I I was not always maniacally fishing. Mm -hmm. And I, I think there were, there were times that I would, uh, yeah, I'd say there were periods. I'm sure there were periods I went without fishing, but it's always, uh, it's always been something that I felt I was naturally good at. So I always felt like there was something missing when I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't go too long sure. without it. But, uh, you know, I mean, that could mean me just taking out my canoe and fishing for bass on my lake. That's sure. fishing. You know, that's always been fishing. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, you know, now, now it's just, a, yeah, well, we'll get to now when we get to now, but it was, uh, uh, it was as I was working where I, where I was working and none of my friends, not one of them had a job they liked. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, at least had a job that was pretty interesting. I felt yeah. it, it wasn't my passion. It wasn't something I grew up wanting to work at Martha Stewart or on a cooking or decorating show. Sure. But I, you know, I was aware enough of what others were doing to be like, well, hey, at least my job's kind of cool. It's kind of TV and I get to meet some uh, really interesting people and I work with a lot of really interesting people. You know, uh, all that was, uh, uh, that's why it wound up, you know, that's why I wound up staying there. Yeah. As long as, long as I did. And then... Yeah, I mean it, it's it, it's fascinating because then I I look at you know then we meet right if we're if we're doing kind of a chronological mm-hmm. you know look at this so you know I'll never forget when when we met in you know kind of that protruding passion if you will that you had like mm-hmm. I I knew I, I had a feeling right I I didn't know shit but I had a feeling that you were gonna We'll be here right now doing this. It's someday, yeah, yeah. like looking back on it. Um, but at that point in time, that was a feeling. I, I you know, I, I'll never forget packing up and just moving out west as well. Um, but if you, if you were to kind of, you know, go back to that time of like the beginning, right? Because that's the, the beginning of the journey. We'll never get where if we think we need to get somewhere, we're not going to get there. But, you know how you know what what would you say to someone listening or someone that's curious because you just you just talked about it right you didn't you grew up not there wasn't too many people that were really passionate about what they were doing or really liked it mm-hmm. um probably a larger problem of our society today mm-hmm. I, you know that's just me saying that but what would you say to someone who needs you know, a little push, you know, to, to, to maybe pick a different road or, you know, looking back 20 years. It was, well, first of all, I, I, uh, you know, I started to say that, you know, I came out here for what, what seemed to be pretty selfish reasons, you know, whether or not being a guide worked out 
and I spent the rest of my life out here, or I just fished real hard for three years and left. Either way, that I would win. I would see that as a win. Sure. So, um, so what what happened was I moved to what I am rather positive is the best trout fishing region in the country, and I didn't know how good it was. Sure. And uh, and I wasn't aware of what you know what you know i never thought about and you when we were doing the intro you talked about how you you know through your through your time you know over the arc of the last 20 years since i've known you say then uh you know how how you've changed and how the people you've been around and met have changed it or given given meaning to your decisions or what you did and uh what I could, what I didn't anticipate about guiding was, you know, the people I'd meet, yeah. and um, you have, and this again, it comes down to luck. Someone was just telling me about, you know, a really established, really good f- friend guide lives up in Yellowstone. No, lives up in uh, Ms., uh, Bozeman, and uh, you know, a lot of his, a lot of his. Uh, trips are still like you know beginners which is great that's what you're teaching but you know for me to be honest i don't i don't like i never liked to do that or maybe very early i did maybe yeah because maybe i had to like it or you know i got better at it anyway but you know even up there uh it sounds like it's you know more of a a tourist thing and i could have growing up i would have thought well the montanas were i'll be a guide you know and that that i i've had that fantasy but uh you know instead i wound up here and for me and i think it's every guide's right to think their region is the best because they've seen it the best and that that's as it should be so this is just me appreciating where i'm from but i really feel like you know, uh, you know, my passion and my livelihood, they do align. They align in a, better than I could have ever thought. But that, do, that comes from the fact that I've, uh, I spend a lot of time fishing with people that are very close to me now. Yeah. You know, I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, I think it's a very, um, I've never thought about it this way, but you just made me think about it this way. Like the reason you know, someday you might like, you might revert, right? And, and want to teach beginners how to fish. But at, at the time, it was probably a little bit of an intrusion on the passion. Um, but it needed to take place in order to get to where you are today. Yeah, well, for sure. There was a, uh, you know, the first couple years, I thought I had made a terrible mistake. In really? fact, I remember telling you this. And it, it just, I don't know, it speaks to my... Uh, you know, lack of insight. Uh, but I said this, I'm like, Mike, I'm getting fucking sick of watching people make the same mistakes. <laughs> and I said, and then, and then, uh, and you're like, yeah, man. And I go, Mike, no, I'm serious, man. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, man, you got to get those, uh, you got to get those clients back and get the ones who can fish. And you know what? It just took four years. And then, you know, and then, uh, it starts. It starts to change. Yeah, and and in the scheme of things, just you know, for anyone listening, right? I mean, that is a very fast pace. 
it's faster than 99% of the rest of the fishing world. Maybe, maybe call it 90. I, I don't know, but you know what I'm saying? That's a much, right. It went, it went fast, but that was, and that, that is all because, and that, and I, I was amazed by it then, but it wasn't right out of the gate that I found this great job with that melded with my passion. It didn't feel like that at all. It felt like a terrible mistake. Yeah. It felt terrible. And yeah. then, but then, you know, I started fishing with Don Watts and Don was, that was the thing actually. Yeah. Uh, because you saw where it could, I go. saw where it could go and I'm like, Oh, so this is what it's like to fish with a guy who can fish. Gets it. Gets it. Has great questions, has great answers to my questions, all of it. Yeah. And so, um, and then it just became uh, me. I was very grateful for. Uh, I've always I put a now more than ever. I put a huge emphasis, or I'm very affected by what I do for work. It has a huge effect on what I lay in bed and think about at night, uh, or my mood in the morning, or like sure. uh, I'm just very affected by it, and so. At this point, um, the fact that I really I feel fortunate beyond words, and and I suppose I have earned it. That's what everyone says. Like, hey, Vance, you, if you're only taking one angler this year because your hands hurt, but hey, you've earned it. Yeah. And uh, and I and I, I go along with that because it feels like I'm I'm you know this particular instance uh, for this reason. It's a matter of doing it or not doing it. Sure. It's either, and, it's either working or not working. Yeah, and that's um, that's a uh, you know perfect you know because I haven't asked you in a while. So that is like can you know how is how was the summer health wise right? Ah, uh, yeah, and all, all the. Um, all, well, well, explain briefly, right? Like you, yeah, I had a, a, a carpal tunnel, you know, in in a way that it couldn't be released say i've had it released twice in my palm and once up the arm which is a pretty rare uh it's pretty unusual to have to to release uh, the median nerve up the arm just below the elbow um but i figured hey you know they're saying look if this has been released in your palm so if you're still having nerve pain in between your pointer and middle finger or your index and middle finger uh, that can only be median nerve. That can only be entrapment. Like it hurts here, but that's entrapment somewhere. Sure. And uh, and it has to be here. So then they did that, and uh, I was good for I don't know. And uh, I was good for most of the season, and then uh, really very very quickly, like in one day, in the last the last three Octobers, not counting this one, the three leading up to this one. Uh, I have been fine all the way up until mid-October, and then I hurt my hands as badly as I've ever hurt them. So it's a, basically the surgeries are canceled. And then this, I'm presuming you were able to stop short of that? Oh, yeah. Okay. For sure. And my hands don't feel normal. They don't feel well, but they feel stronger than they were. And uh, at this point, I'm I'm very I'm so happy that I, I have determined the actual movements that I cannot do. Yeah. And I've got you know my scene is so odd. I've got the uh, electric anchor. 
Yeah. Okay. I didn't know there was such a thing. I just was like, well, what about an electric anchor? But turns out, <laughs> and I've told you this, the, the anchor was my problem. Picking, yeah. picking up the anchor, tearing, picking up, 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 and grabbing my, my fingers. That's, if I were to do that right now, my hands would be terrible. Really? I haven't done that. That's, yeah. I, I will never pick up an anchor again. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into... Without uh, a did winch. You, did you see Lee Gardner at all this no, I know he was just here. I ran, in, ran into him at the fair, and he was like, uh, he had a really good comment. I'm going to screw it up, but he said something like, "I, I got to." Uh, he's like, "I can't wait to see Vance's uh, floating wheelchair." <laughs> was, oh my god! Um, but you know what is amazing though is like the. It's funny. It was really funny. Um, he might have been having a panic attack too, but uh, we was at the fair. You know what I mean? Like, and throw in and COVID. Throw and, in you. Yeah. yeah. And then and then also our kids are doing, like, the flying yeah. thing together. and Yeah. yeah so oh, that's it, funny. That's it, a real that's a real Jackson, I live here, work here, have a history here encounter. Yeah. <laughs> to, to revisit, to be in line with Lee is cool. That's funny. It was, uh, it was good. But the, the you know, when, when you, I mean... It seems to me, and we haven't been able to catch up about it enough, but like the, the, the obvious transformation of weight in the boat, you know. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, it was a good one. Right? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. So I only take, for the listeners, <laughs> I only take single, this last year, I only took single angler, certainly when the water's high, which was a great call because the water was higher than I've ever seen it for a couple months. So it would have been a terrible year. I could be in a terrible place right now. Even in August, yeah, it was. Yep, yeah. sixteen or yeah. sixteen five for a long time. It did not hurt the fishing, which was fascinating. That is fascinating. That's fascinating. But it it was uh, it would have been a hell of a time for me to row two anglers, and I didn't, couldn't, and just forgave myself. And that's how I was hoping everyone would view it, and that is for the most part. Unless I don't know what they say when I'm not around, but everyone was. <laughs> you know they were they're like hey man good for you you know so yeah no i think most people are i've never seen it like i there, there's so many people that could have made that decision and people would have reacted in a totally different way so for me to sit back and watch that yeah. like i've seen people say like so vance is only and i'm like yeah and then i just wait you know and they're like and and the reactions are amazing because they're all like makes sense yeah you know, because I think everyone's acutely aware of the fact that you were flying a little clo too close to the sun with the passion Total. and the alignment of the profession maybe being in jeopardy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know, at this point, uh, you know, I'm very sold on the on the idea of me, you know, retiring as a fishing guide. That's awesome. No, it's it's important to me. And I feel like after just getting through the first season, you know, and I also resolved to work less. <clears throat> and in years past, I don't know, do 140 to 160 days, and this year I'll do 103. And you've supplemented it with stuff. Other stuff. In the fishing world that doesn't require you to yeah. use your... Oh, yeah. e exactly. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, and, and that all ties back to, you know, th th those opportunities... Uh, or certainly the way I came to those opportunities, uh, I was very fortunate to be where I was with WorldCast. Yeah. That's a fair statement. Well, that's uh, a nice statement. Yeah, man. Um, the, um, 
I find it very cool that in the 20 years that I've known you and probably jealous too of the fact that it might come and go a little bit, but music for you has been a constant. I mean, it, it, I know it probably varies, but I, I find it, um, know what it is. Music is like a music is like a friend, like a best friend that I feel guilty. I don't hang out with more. That's yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, God, but I love it, but you know, I don't have time or I can't or, you know, um, so I, you know, uh, it's one of those things. It's hard to, it's hard to make time to, you know, now, now that we are in the situation we are with kids and husbands and all that. I mean, first of all, the fact that I'm in a band of any kind is hilarious, but I can't let it be. I can't like I don't have time yeah okay and it's not because it's not because I'm so so busy I just couldn't do it it's because it's me and it's hard for me to manage <laughs> yeah. my time I need a whole shitload of time for me to like <laughs> stuff in a four-hour rehearsal no, I get it okay but and I am busy certainly for me yeah that's we're, we're, I think we're in a busy phase we're of in a life. busy phase of life yeah and uh, sucks yeah, it's a sucks, Mike, but it's great too. It's fulfilling. It's I mean, you know, it is blessed. Yeah, is how absolutely how I feel. Yeah, it's a um, it's a busy time of life for sure. But as we said, it's fulfilling. Yeah, and and we knew it would be, even though signing up for it doesn't necessarily mean you're ready or understand what being ready entails. Yeah, you know what's funny is I. I uh, on that note, right, I, I look back and I distinctly remember this. I don't even know if you remember this, but it must have been 15 years ago. You and I were sitting, whatever it was called, at the bar. It was either the Timberline at the time still, or I think it was the Timberline still. And you it was like, the Timberline. You and I were at the bar and we were yeah. like, I'm never getting married, never having kids. and Yeah, that could have been, <laughs> yeah. But that was, uh, that could have been any number of conversations I had because that is what I told everyone. Yeah. 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 And then it was pretty quick. I believe, yeah, I believed it too. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, I really, like, I had no problem saying it because I was like, yeah, no, like, you know, I think you're crazy to to have gone ahead with this, (laughs) (laughs) what you've done, the mess you've made, right? Yeah. But uh, but it was all bullshit. It was all uh, you know. You when you when you think you've outrun your coverage, yeah, and you have, yeah, then that's a hard thing. You know, that's just like, look, I've got an opportunity here that wouldn't otherwise be mine. Yeah, it was almost posturing in a way. But but I but I will never. It's I always think about why I actually remember that, right? Because it was it was pretty fake in a way. I mean, yeah. You know, fast forward five years, we're both married and we have kids. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, better for it. Absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. But it's it's just interesting that we were steadfast in that. Yeah, in those comments. But I, I would like to uh, you know go back and touch on this this music scene a little more, just because you know through it all, obviously we started at school and then the painting gig in Nantucket and then acting school. Jingle House. But wasn't there a... What? Oh, yes. Music. 
Yeah, but wasn't there a male model stint? No. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, I. Uh, what was that? I mean, we we somehow that didn't make it in, but that's so funny. My uh, some of my buddies, you know, because I tried to, I didn't want to hide it. It would make it worse to hide it. So I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Some, some fucking male model, you know, took some headshots. That's that's as far as it went, by the way. Which you and I could get headshots now. It doesn't yeah. mean much. It but, just but means it probably meant more back then. Well, it meant that I was officially trying, yeah, to do something. And, uh, but, uh, but what was it for? Or was it just like, here I am? Yeah. Yeah. Here I am. For whatever, anything you, I guess, anything you want to do in that world and whatever the fuck, I can't even believe male model. <laughs> but, I had to throw no, I know it's so funny. But anyway, some of my, the headshots, we'll go back to it if you want, but we, some of these headshots, you know, they're goofy. And uh, some of my buddies taped them on their windows of their vehicles and drove around. <laughs> I mean, I deserved it. But, um, you know, it shows you. But I uh, look back and respect the shit out of that, right? I mean, that's, I mean, you're just, you know, trying doing what you got to do. I'm, uh, I was trying. I was putting it out there. What it really does is speak to what, what a lack of focus I had ever had on my future. Okay, that was me being, that was, if that, you know, I, I stumbled into the painting gig on Nantucket because it just happened to be this, this, uh, you know, blue collar mecca. Yeah. I, and I was like, well, you know, and I had a painting company before, but here was an opportunity to do it and, and actually make a lot of money. And yeah, so I stumbled into that and I, I thought I'd stay there. And I don't know if I mentioned this earlier or not, but then it just felt small two years later and I had yeah. to get out of there. So that's why I left. But when I got there, you know, the fact that I was doing an internship, cause yeah, that was based on music. I was like, well, it's kind of in the music industry and, you know, yeah. and so, yeah, I took an internship there yep. and, and so music's been, uh, yeah, I used to think I was, uh, certainly, uh, passionate about it to try to make a living in it. And, I didn't, you know, again, it was never something I, th I thought I would be real successful at. I thought it was just something I liked. Yeah, but w at what point, um, you know, since we started after, were you, were you playing music in school? And then... Yeah, uh, I just, uh, let's see, I started playing guitar when I was 18. And that was in order to remain in a band. I was a terrible singer. I was the f lead singer, and I sucked so badly. Uh -huh. But I loved the band thing. Yeah, absolutely. so I I became the rhythm guitar player, and that was when I was eighteen. So, yeah, and then I, it was always I'd never had any real formal training. Not that I didn't try. I just didn't understand it. Sure. And. Uh, the teacher caught on. It was a one-on-one, -on -one, you know, applied lesson. And the guy was totally cool, totally impressive, awesome guy. And, you know, five classes in, he was a jazz guy. Steve, his name was. Steve. Jazz guy. And, uh, you know, had the beret and everything. And ha <laughs> halfway through, he's like, my man, you're not getting it. <laughs> and I was like, you're so right, man. I haven't understood a word you said. Yeah. And, uh. So then, uh, then it was just like, well, you know, this is why he was cool. And, you know, he was just an unbelievably gifted 
teacher, guitarist, all of it. So he'd be like, just bring in what you're into and I'll, you know, we'll look at it and I'll show you how to play it. And you could, I'll tell you why it works. Yeah. So I kept my lesson with him, but it was all, he all just sort of nourished what I was good at. Well, that's pretty cool. It's really cool. He taught me all the jazz chords and, uh, you know, taught me all the scales. So I, I learned a lot. I still don't know really you know, uh, so my point is, I the, the the guitar was always just uh, something that I liked, and uh, it was a, certainly a creative release that I be- began, well, for a long time was pretty addicted to. Like there was something really missing when I wasn't playing. Yeah, and you're pretty humble about it. I mean, we'll we'll get into that about mm-hmm. it. But do you? I mean, is it? Do you remember all of the band names, or is it... I remember all the band names. Uh, can we go through those? Yeah, first we were The Woods. Okay. W-O-O-D-Z. Okay. That was when that was I was young. 16, okay, lead, yeah. lead singer. Uh, then we became Casper Hauser, and that was... Uh, we played, you know, we thought we were going to be famous, you know? Yeah but for no we didn't have reason to think that was that when you were in new york Uh, no this was before that this was when we were young okay younger and uh then so casper hauser we would play a bunch of shows all through college the id scene was all through high school the id scene the fake id scene was robust yeah so we would bars loved having us because all our friends of which there were like 300 in high school they all want the fact that there was a band that they were friends with was a big deal so we that's why we thought we were famous just because we would play these shows and the bar bars would love us they'd call us and be like can you guys play twice next month you know and because we all our friends would come yeah, with good, solid, fake IDs, and then blow tons of money in their places. So, and we would have good shows and think we were a good band. And we were, you know, we were a good yeah. high school band. Well, it was fun. Yeah. But so, yeah, that sort of kept it being something that I thought I was good at and wanted to do. Then I went to college. The band came up. We, we made a run to, to, like, try to be a band in college my senior year my buddy chris dropped out of school he was a drummer my buddy ken dropped out of penn state so he moved up to vermont the bass player rob he took he had graduated college already he decided they all decided okay we'll spend a year up in vermont and just practice and play burlington we'll be around fish yeah well it didn't work (laughs) it didn't work but you still was that Still, that, Casper that was Casper House. Okay. Yeah, and you know, you know, we played ten shows up there, and we traveled around the Northeast Kingdom. We had some fun. Oh, I'm sure. But you know, we were there were starting to be, you know, who guys were going to become and be the rest of their life sort of started to take shape then. Yep. And uh, that's interesting. And it wasn't it wasn't going to work. You sure. Know, that would, it was it was not harmonious. Plus, I was in college. Yeah. And going to school and partying as hard as and I was anyone. The fact you played ten shows at that time is pretty. Yeah, I mean, so I'm th- pretty sure the band exploded from there, and I don't mean like got good. <laughs> I mean like exploded, and everyone went their separate ways. Yeah, and we're all still most of us were friends, but 
So, yeah, so then I went back to Nantucket. I lived in Nantucket. That was three or four years. I don't know. But, no, no music there? Or? Uh, I always played guitar there. But no band? No band. Okay. And then I went from Nantucket to... New York? New York. And then in New York, yeah, that's where I played uh, in a band called Orbis, O-R-B-I-S. And uh, that was a really good band. I was, I was the I was the weakest link in there, but I was surrounded by such a wall of awesome sound. That, that's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. These guys are. Uh, yeah, I've told you. One of them is the drummer for Maroon Five. Oh wow, Matt Flynn. Yeah, yeah. Maybe to- you did tell me that, but I don't remember that. Totally cool dude, gifted drummer. Even then, you could tell. Yeah. Somehow he wasn't fancy at all. There was there's no flash to him. He loves Ringo Starr, uh-huh. Straight Time. But he's so good at straight time, like you notice how good he is. Yeah. And just the way he understands what's, what's going on. So he went on to do that. And uh, the other, uh, the guitar player, uh, John, he is the guitar player for Peter Murphy now, or he was for like 10 years, huh. which is the guy who used to be a lead singer for a band called Bauhaus. Okay. And toured all over the world and whatever. So anyway, it, that that was a good band. At that time, I also had a band in Connecticut called Points East. That was my band, all my songs, all that. And uh, so, yeah, I was in two bands. That's while I was working at Martha Stewart. That's where I was fishing every possible chance I could. Yeah. And partying and playing gigs. Like, it was the most... I, I must have lost years off my life. Yeah. <laughs> I must have. So so the height of it, though, was, was Orbis or, or Points East? Uh, Orbis was the best band I was ever in. And and that was the band that opened for Nirvana? Or? No, that was, uh, that was Casper Hauser. Really? Yes. That wow. was Casper Hauser. Because remember, that 1988 was when all that started to go. Never mind. Never mind. And we graduated in 88. And so it was... How did that come about if you guys were just 10 shows? Or... Well, no, we would play... No, that was high school is when I graduated. In wow. Eight, in 88. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. So, I'm all over the place. Right. So that was when we were... You know, the band, the bars loved us. Okay. And so when they weren't big yet, when they came through there. So, so how many people were in the venue? 500? 70. 70. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And did you, did but you guys? That, that was, uh, that was, uh, like we took that one late. Yeah. And did you, or did, maybe more, I don't know. Whatever. hundred, yeah. 150. I don't know. Did you guys hang out with them? No, no, uh-uh. okay. no, there was none of that. They, did, did you have a feeling when you, when you watched them? A little bit. They were going to, I could tell by the crowd that was there. Uh-huh. The crowd looked like a bunch of folks who were in the know. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. And I was like, who are these cats? They never came to a Casper Hauser show. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what was the, um, you know, out of all of the bands, what was the worst show? There Was there one that sticks out? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it just depends on... Was there one where what, you, what, where did, you... what you're in what category <laughs> worst? Like worst attended, worst playing, worst... You know... Left you with the worst feeling. Like, this is... 
okay, you know, I can, I don't know, I can tell you like the most crushing, most recent defeat, which <laughs> happened in adulthood musically was when uh, the band here, the Alta Boys, we had a CD release party yeah. at the, uh, at the Naughty Pine. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, and, you know, we put a bunch of time and worked on, worked on it. And I don't know, we just, we thought we knew enough people to like make a big deal of it. Yeah. And so even though, uh, you know, basically, uh, my whole music playing out, uh, has been, I would say, overwhelmingly disappointing. Yeah. And I've had some great times too, but sure. if you, t you add them all up, you're hundreds of gigs, they mostly sucked. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> it happened. <laughs> so this was the CD re release party. And, uh, you know, we thought, shit, we'll get a hundred people. We're local. Right. And we're, we're a creative, you know, we're an all original act and yeah, people, I saw you people seem Good. to like it. Yeah. Yeah. But no one cared. <laughs> right. So, you know, we did a, we did an acoustic performance on KHOL or J, J yeah. and it was fun, you know, and talked about the gig and you get that helps sort of, that helps lead you to believe that you're getting, people are hearing what you're going to be doing. And, yeah. And, you know, we had signs up. And uh, so, and then it just didn't, you know, it just didn't happen. I mean, there was, there was a few people there. There was 30 people there, but, you know, a lot of people talk, you know, talking to them, talking to one another real loudly while we played. And yeah. We sold 20 CDs or something. <laughs> I mean, it was like, yeah, it was just a disaster. You know, and I remember walking out of there just sort of walking out of there being like, well, shit, you know, it's, uh, you know, you really start to wonder. You're like, we worked pretty hard on this. Yeah. And uh, it took up a bunch of time, but it still, right away, or you know, all, uh, the, 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 my whole career of music and all that has been full of that. But that was like the most recent, and I was not young; I was like forty-three. Yeah. So I was like, "Whoa, that's!" I didn't expect to have the same feeling when I was, you know, the same. <laughs> so that was just, uh, you know, <laughs> I didn't expect you know to be that old feeling. Yeah, but I think feeling. it goes back to like. You know, the part, I'm not jealous of the fact that, <clears throat> what I'm jealous of, right, when I, <clears throat> when I see musicians like yourself, and I still think of that tune, Daybreak, that <clears throat> is yours, right? I mean, oh, that, yeah. yeah, I mean, that was, you know, that got me through some times in Chile that were, that, that <laughs> has a special place in, in my, in my mind. And, but what I, I guess what I'm jealous of is that kind of that best friend notion you speak to, where it's always there, yeah. you know, you know, you can go back to it. It's you and it's an instrument instrument and you're getting creative and you're making something and yeah. it's pretty special. No, it is. I've always sort of marveled at people that clearly have like a physical given ability to play guitar because I mean, they can play, you know, really, uh, accomplished stuff yeah. you know cover songs or whatever but they can play them well show you know they have real dexterity and then they then you know you see them three four years later and like yeah i just quit i don't play guitar and i like i just quit playing i don't know why yeah and uh certainly the idea of quitting guitar has never crossed my mind it's already so in that in that way like the the act of playing guitar is something that I will do the rest of my life. Yeah, that's cool. That is cool. 
but I'm, but we're trying to, you know, it's, uh, I've found that music is an easy, you know, in terms of playing out and playing gigs and getting together, it's a very easy thing to fall out of because yep. of you're just sort of herded away from it for your, from, with your responsibilities. But it's also a very easy thing to fall back into. Get a and schedule. Just, yeah, just get a schedule and, yeah. you know, you, you get together and hopefully and pretty quickly something forms in that and then you've got something foundationally to go and think about. Even if you don't play for a month, you remember what you did last time or everyone's got their iPhone, they could record it and they could sort of have it yeah. and listen to it so you could sort of, there'll be a common thread leading through to the next rehearsal <laughs> Even if it's far away, you can reference it when you drive the 10 minutes back, you know, a month later to, to rehearse. You can remember kind of what you did. Yeah. yeah. And there has to be a, I mean, you have to have had one moment where you were, you know, where you were like, wow. Because, I mean, uh, uh, you know, the admiration that I have, I mean, that rush of performing something live, I've always looked at that. I mean, I told you that story, right, about when I was in high school and, uh, they made you do that. Well, that, but also when Elijah blew all men. Oh yes, Yeah. Yes. And he, yeah, we got in a, we got in a little, alt, not an altercation, but we were arguing and then he's like, I'll be right back. And you know, Greg Allman's like, please welcome my son, Elijah blue. And he got up and shot me the bird. And, oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> and went off. And I was just, I'll never forget that moment looking at that being like, what is that? What does that feel like? Yeah. I mean, to have well, you know, I, I know. I uh, I just I just was this last weekend on a on an island in Florida, and I watched Derek Trucks play an hour and a half long set, and I was ten feet away from him. And, and you was, said it was not a lot of people, right? It was like forty people. Oh my god! Yeah, and uh, and yeah, so you know, people couple people there know I play guitar and they're like oh my god what was it like to watch him and I said emasculating because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I, I play guitar too but I don't not compared not comparatively I don't yeah I don't own a guitar compared yeah. <laughs> to what that man does <laughs> I know but it, it was so cool it was really cool and then they hung out after and and you know hung around the pool and spent the night on the island and so you know, he was watching the baseball game most of the night, but Susan Tedeschi, who is... Uh, the Dodgers game, or...? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, probably. But that's what... He was He was into the game. And, uh, but his wife came down, and she was couldn't have been cooler, and, talk, you know, hung out and took pictures, and, yeah, it was... Uh, they're super famous. Yeah, that's... that's. Uh... And it was very, uh, very cool. It's cool when you... When, uh, when, especially the crowd that was there, there was several people there that that i think they are their favorite band yeah ever and you know lisa watson being one of them yeah that's uh that's pretty special it is special it was it was very very cool I, i'll not forget watching a guy play uh, that masterfully yeah well on that note then let's let's just transition into mm -hmm. uh i mean you're a you're a music buff mm -hmm. i mean what is what is the best show you've ever um i uh you've ever seen i snuck down let me think of the best show i've ever seen or at the same he, note here's here's what i this is the best show i believe i've ever seen is i went to see rem 
This is when I was a senior in college. I went to see REM down at uh, some outdoor place in Massachusetts. Great Woods. Great Woods, yeah. Okay, Great Woods. And I had 20 bucks. I had a credit card. No, yes, I did have like a gas card. Remember gas card? (laughs) Yeah, I do. I I had like a Gulf gas card and 20 bucks. And this guy, and we didn't have tickets. We said, I will scalp or whatever. And he's like, no, we can climb over the fence at Great Woods. I totally remember that. Okay, so we went down there. What did we do with our money? We bought beer. Sure. And went to, we didn't have any money left. We had like eight bucks. And so we decided we're going to jump the fence and run up the hill. You know, they they got the road back behind there. You've done this. So we get back. I don't know if I ever jumped it, but I know that I I knew knew the route. Yeah. yeah. So I, uh, I went to, we jumped back in the woods, got back in the woods. There was a security guy driving. They have a spotlight. They shine on the hill to see if you're doing it. So we were in the woods before the road and hadn't gotten to the hill and it dumped rain. I mean, huge drops, very close together for like 20 minutes. Like literally I was standing at my ankle. Was, my ankles were covered in water. I was standing in water that, and it flooded the woods. And, uh, but it was a warm rain, so that was cool. And we jumped, we ran, jumped the fence, ran up the hill, and climbed the other fence to get into the event and landed. And there must have been a hundred people that turned and looked at us. And I figured <laughs> one of them's got to be a security guard. Yeah. And, you know, there's no way to act innocent when you've, you're dripping. Everyone was wet at that point. But I come jumping over a fence. Clearly, the only person to have done that that anyone had seen. Because I land and everyone stares at me. And then. I don't know. They were like, cool, or whatever. Yeah, you did it. (laughs) I did it. So then that show, that's good. But what made it the best show was, so I didn't have a ticket, and I'm in, and I decide to go down to the front row, and I do go down all the way to the front row, and as I'm standing there, you know, they patrol the front row. They'll go through, and they want want to see your ticket. Oh, They want to see, like, you have a ticket to be here. So you're not me. Yeah. <laughs> and as the guy's coming, he's like one person away from me. Someone tugs my shirt. And I turn around and it's not the guy I go to college with. Well, not the guy I drove there with, but someone else from my college is there. And they hand me a ticket. Oh, that's awesome. So the guy comes to me five seconds later. Ticket. I show it to him. He's like, all right, you're good. And then, uh, so I'm front row. The show is, I'd say, two thirds of the way done. And then... REM says, uh, Michael's type says, uh, well, he didn't say anything, but that what they played was like four, their last four or five songs they played were all off of Chronic Town, which is like, I mean, I know how to play those songs on guitar. Yeah. I've listened to those. I still think they're the cool, some of the coolest, some of the coolest music ever made. I think REM is, is that is one of those for. tunes that song belong no, that's way later. Way later. Okay. That's I don't off, know that much. Uh, about that's it. off of like out of time or. I heard you know. playing that recently. And yeah, I, I, I love, love that. Song. That's a great song. Yeah. It's so good. You got to hear the like the one the acoustic one that they actually record. They, there's a video of Michael's type doing it in the studio. Huh. It's so sweet. So at that show, what where were they in there? What album? Was... Uh, Green. Okay. 
it was green that's phenomenal yeah and i had you know i had gone earlier in the year they were on like a giant world tour so much that they like circled the world and came back again to yeah to great woods it was uh and so i got to watch you know uh, all those events that could have canceled me even getting there being there didn't work out and i got to go front row got the ticket last second yeah it was, I, I remember being like don't ever forget your good luck on yeah. this night <laughs> don't like commit it to memory that is uh that is amazing yeah so that that was a real that was a real good one but um yeah i mean the, the this last concert i saw it was the Derek trucks Susan Tedeschi thing was wild. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's pretty special. It's just to, so intimate. To, to, so in, so intimate. Not to mention, you said you're in the Keys, right? So I was in the Keys, and the, you know we were the the forecast. You know when you looked at the icon on your app was rain and lightning and shit for both days. Yeah. So the fact that that didn't happen was a blessing, and one of the days was actually quite nice. That's cool. Yeah, that was the day I fished. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, so... Uh, works out It worked well. out. It worked out really well. Well, yeah, let's, let's transition here just to a couple of, uh, you know, always like to uh, wrap, wrap things up with a couple of thought topics here. Mm. You are always excellent at uh, giving me book recommendations. Are, are you reading something currently? Um, you know, I, I have read so embarrassingly few books recently. recently. I mean, I just prefer, uh, or or listened. No, but here's the thing. I, I have a real interest in, I would say that my interests are fishing, you know, but that's work and pleasure. Yeah. Okay. So that occupies a big block, and uh, wife, daughter, and I am very into international and collegiate wrestling. Yeah. So, I I I feel like when I lay down at night, um, I if I'm gonna watch something or instead of reading a book, mm-hmm. and I'll circle back to it to reading because I feel guilty and I love reading. It's its own it's its own type of escape. But for the time being, I've given in to like watching wrestling at night yeah. before I go to bed. <laughs> love right? It. I yeah. on my iPad and then just close it and go to sleep. So uh, my dad on the other hand reads probably two novels a week. Wow. And has for I don't know, forever. But you know, since he's been retired, he's been retired over like 23, 24 years. So he reads, he literally reads two big books a week. Yeah. And well, I'm jealous. I'm jealous uh, of his ability to do that and his desire to do that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not, you're, you're, you need the time too, right? Like I, I, I go in and out of it. Right. I mean, I, I yeah. will. I, I, Greer reads a lot now. Greer you? reads every night. That's yeah. cool. And sometimes for, 10 minutes sometimes for two hours stay up late reading so i sent you that article you should read that article about the free diver. the free driver yeah, yeah but that he that, was that the same guy who did the uh, he was on 60 minutes kind of recently i'm not sure did he but just I'd, break a record yeah okay yeah then he was he, the, you can watch him on 60 minutes it's really neat i would i'll definitely watch yeah. that because his that uh that mind control like the ability to access the reserves in your 
mind to procure more oxygen and not freak out is a wild concept. It is, I mean. it is a wild, you know, it sounds Tom Brady-ish. Yeah. <laughs> right. Brady maybe, maybe would, next Brady level, would figure right? that out. I mean, well, clearly next level. Yeah, I mean, there's just yeah, the, no... He, he held his breath for over five minutes on this latest... Well, dive. yeah, but that's that's on a dive. He mm. he held his breath in a static pool for over nine minutes. <laughs> Um, because apparently, right when you're when you have to move, you're, you're, you're you know you're, yeah. yeah yeah. But I mean the the awareness and the nowness of like if I kick my feet right now. I mean it, you know that article does a very good job yeah. of him explaining like everything else in the world seems to exist except for the absolute present moment, which is and and not to mention throw that in with how in tune he is with his body like that is yeah, yeah. that is wild that I mean, is uh that is cu- but, coupled with a god-given ability probably to do this anyway yeah i would say it's probably both like well and the master, fact that his like, mother uh did the same thing and drowned doing it uh is a wild concept um that, that is wild but i i got one for you i i the um I told you about, I don't know if you read it or not, but that book, How to Change Your Mind, the, the book, Michael Pollan's book on psychedelics, like that, that was excellent. That sent me on a spirit walk, et cetera, et cetera. But he just came out with a new book, This Is Your Mind on Plants, and he chose three plants. Um, so he breaks the book up into three chapters, and I'm halfway through it, but it goes from opium, um, so the poppy flower, and then caffeine, and then mescaline. Um, the 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 op- opium part of it is absolutely fascinating in the sense that, right? You can order. I think I'm, I'm going to screw up the name, but it's poppy snuff sophinerium seeds online, and you can grow them because they're beautiful, mm-hmm. and you can do all that legally. But the moment you cut the seed and your mind switches to the intent of making a tea of it. Mm-hmm. Or something that's, you know... That, it becomes illegal. Exactly. And that is a, a wild concept. And then also the history of caffeine is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And caffeine, uh, this... So was was this guy pro all these things? Or was he just talking about their effects on you? Oh, he's, he's, um, he's just giving... Studying them and giving his own experience. And the, the caffeine part is fascinating because... He decides to, if it is a mind-altering drug, which the whole world pretty much, you know, takes part in. Yeah. What's it like to stop? And I've done that, and it's brutal. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty funny because he's literally like you. You can kind of feel him get it going into writer's block because of his abstinence of caffeine. Oh, so he 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 starves himself of it. Yeah. No. I mean. It, <laughs> And then also, right, everyone, you know, the the whole idea that the UK and the tea, you know, the Boston Tea Party, all of that, the fact that coffee was originally, you know, the main source of caffeine that the Queen tried to outlaw in England, I had no clue about. Tea, tea was an after, you know, a, a afterthought. 
because um, it all started with coffee houses. I don't know. The whole thing is fascinating. I would. Uh, I will read that. Yeah, it's. Um, I haven't even gotten to the mescaline part. I mean, that's going to be um, absolutely fascinating as well. Um, what you know, getting back to the fishing thing real quick. Yep. You, you've we've covered that in the sense that you, you've you know the crescendo of it all is to have these amazing people in your life and you know working alongside them and you know as i mentioned you know you're unique in the sense and and there's others but you to me uniquely the passion combined with the profession um how authentic that is but through that who is the most interesting person you've ever met and and why or take it out of the fishing context but i bet you there's probably a fishing yeah. connotation in there. god you know even just for practice on questions like this i i've tried to arrive at answers when there's no one like asking me mm -hmm. i just think about it and you know i, I can't uh i i could never um i guess it's just because uh well, first of all, you're right, and I think you were talking about me, or not you, like people you've met that have made a difference in your what you've done the last 20 years. Uh, but I think you were talking about me, and what I what I didn't anticipate with guiding was uh, who you'd who I would eventually become, not just meet, but who I would become very close friends sure. with and um that was an aspect of guiding i i wasn't uh I, I didn't honestly anticipate it being uh something that that has as much weight uh, as any job oh i mean whatever you, you don't you don't necessarily come away from your job if you're lucky you come away with relationships uh from your livelihood from your job where you work uh, but I didn't realize, and I do have a lot of that with my coworkers, sure. you, you know, everyone. Sure. And, uh, but I'd never, I ne didn't think for a second, even five, six years in, I didn't really think that I would uh, be forming the types of relationships that I've gone on to form. Yeah. It's, uh... Through it. It is, I've, I've come to view it as a singular type of relationship that only could be forged through fishing yeah yeah and and it's uh i mean i i i almost figured you would that would be a response because i feel like you have i mean these relationships that you've formed you and i have formed right i mean it's it goes so much beyond fishing that it's uh it's hard to pinpoint um anything individually but it, it is it's very it's very hard without some level of disservice to, every, to yeah, sort of everyone. But, absolutely. Uh, but I know that you wouldn't ask a question with that. Intention. Well, I mean, I was thinking, like, it, did, was there ever a person that just left you like, oh, my God, that is that is one of the most interesting. There's been several. Yeah, thousand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's been several. When And, uh, you know, a lot of them are, you know, or some of them are people I – I see all the time. Yeah, with all the time. That's awesome. Yeah, it's that uh, that that is an aspect of the job that uh, has been. That's one of the reasons that it that my love of it became uh, really made the job easier 
you know, I'd say uh, the job just kept getting easier, even though I was working more. Yeah. And I wasn't sure what to attribute that to. But uh, I think you attribute that to finding what you were. Me too, but uh, without question. But it was a, uh, it, a lot of it had to do with the fact that uh, I was going to be just, you're just spending time with people that you care about and you're both doing something that you really love yeah and you at least are attempting to do it at a level that suits you and you think it's important yeah and i think ultimately right i mean it you could almost you know it just so happens to be fishing Mm -hmm. for other people right it could be playing guitar or rock climbing or Mm -hmm. you know climbing the highest mountains in the world but i think i've thought about recently a lot a lot of that, or let's take it for me, it's fishing as well. So mm-hmm. what is it about that? Right. That, mm-hmm. that speaks to what you were just talking to. And I think part of it is you, you are, you know, going on this forceful meditation, um, with others, you know, I mean, there's, there's times when you reflect upon what you thought about and there's other times where it just goes silent. For sure. Um, that's, and, that's really the, uh, you know, uh, there's a guy uh, lives in Rafter J. He was a uh, super good guy. Wayno name is yep. anyway. He he was a guide for a long time, and, and he nailed it the other day. He's like, yeah, how was your season? I was like, it's good. And you know, he's like, you know, well, how are your clients? You know, it, yeah, I told him the situation. I'm taking solo anglers, and you know, I, I was plenty busy, and it worked out great, and I feel great, or better than I have for years. And he's like, oh boy. He goes, it's good to have those good clients. He goes, all you want from a good client is a comfortable silence. <laughs> yeah. He's so right. Yeah. And He's like, when you're driving back, man, just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and be good with it. That's you know? awesome. I know. It was perfect. That is perfect. Yeah. It's, but, but it became uh, the, the when I really, it was so easy for me to blend what I do. First of all, I'm very interested in the outcome. I'm interested in fishing every day yeah i'm interested it doesn't matter that i've you know i didn't work a bunch of days in a row this last year but uh, many times many years i've worked you know 30 days and then i'm amazed at the morning of the 31st day um we are very focused yeah very into it it doesn't even make sense yeah really that i'm like yeah it's on and if it's Fishing stays good. We shall remain focused all day. <laughs> exactly. You know, but you know. Yeah. So so it, so when you have that, when you have a real interest in the outcome, and you're fishing basically fishing vicariously through people who you're friends with, how do you not enjoy your job? Yeah, and you're outside. And you're and, outside, yeah. and like all that. So. <laughs> I do realize that my uh, my love it is a love of guiding is pretty singular but those are the reasons why I'm aware of what people I'm aware of what sacrifices in many 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 cases people have to make in order to have a family and a life and a home and all that um, because you can chain yourself to jobs that would be you know difficult for me to do yeah and now that i've guided and i've gotten to this really great place and it's been this great place for a decade yeah um 
then I just feel like I've really sort of fooled the world. Yeah. <laughs> awesome it's a, yeah so yeah, that that's that explains my enthusiasm and as much as hard as you work there is a cutoff time the season does end yeah so you know a bunch of guys charged real hard this year and yeah. and you they look beat up and they're tired you know but right now they're done or they will be yeah they're exactly. they got three days left or whatever and then they've got you know months to recover and or whatever they're doing yeah it's it, and it's, yeah, as we always talk about, right, it's the journey. I mean, I'm, someone asked me when I was permit fishing a couple of weeks ago, someone was like, how was it out there? And I was like, you know what? And I don't, I don't know where this came from, but I was like, you know what? I, I was at a table, you know, I was, I was kind of parlaying my, my day. I was, I was at a table and I thought, you know, I was doing a puzzle and I thought I had just a couple of pieces left. I mean, I was about to just nail this fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And then someone came up from from behind me and dumped a thousand fucking pieces on top of the puzzle. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A fish did that. Yeah, yeah. A permit uh, did it too. So that's funny. Yeah, man. Well, I can't thank you enough for stopping by, and look forward to uh, doing this again at some point. It's uh, you know, and seeing where this ship sails here. This is uh, very fulfilling and rewarding for me to to be able to sit down with you, and I'm I'm thankful for it. And um, well, appreciate it. Yeah, Mike. I mean, at any time. And also, uh, you know, it, it really has to uh, it has to be said that I'm very aware and have always been very aware of the role you have played with me. Well, that's very nice of you. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's well, it's true. So, and you with me. I yeah, mean, it goes it, both ways. We, we uh, you know, I think you had been here a couple years before I got here, but you're the one who hired me. You called me. I'll not forget that phone call. And, uh, you know, I didn't know if, if, if becoming a guide was going to be something that lasted a year or four years, or if guiding were something that you did for two months a year, I really, that's how little I knew. Sure. So, you know, to be here, I think it's 19 years or we're coming up on 19 years, you know, 19 years later. And, uh, it just turns out that it was, uh, I mean, I can't tell you how customized and really pleasant my existence feels work life all of it not that i'm free of struggle that's not what i'm saying but no. the variables the things that i can cut at least theoretically control sure i can control uh, pretty well certainly in my micro range you know work that kind of thing so uh it was a big choice people say it was a big change for me to go from martha stewart to guiding but it really wasn't it was a natural change if anything the 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 oddball thing was the martha stewart thing this yeah. is something this is i really feel like and i felt this way since i was here one day That's 20 awesome. years ago yeah. i was like i belong here i should have been here i was right yeah and you said something earlier that i mean i we we you know we'll do this again and we can go on for hours but you said something earlier that was you know popped in my mind like you in in all of those other jobs, your inability to focus, oh, oh right? God, yes. But but that's ultimately what brought you here. Yes. Oh, for sure. Well, I you know I was focused on fishing. Yeah. And uh, you know if guiding was a viable way to either a make a living or 
be just make my proximity such that I can I'm not spending money to go fish really good trout rivers yeah. you know I don't have to fly to them I live near them yeah or travel the world but yeah what, yeah <laughs> exactly. all that I mean that's what's become <laughs> yeah. but uh, so uh, no so and uh, and so you've been with me that whole time you've seen me rolling to town you knew me when I drove a Ford Aerostar yeah I love that I know me too yeah. I miss it <laughs> so so you've uh you've watched we've watched each other been around each other been friends a long time and uh it's been a great book yeah, so far it, it's been amazing and you've done you know yeah. an amazing job yeah. and uh thanks man i so, appreciate all of it man yeah me too well thank you thanks again find out more uh about vance at worldcastanglers.com anywhere else N- no okay god no <laughs> that's it <laughs> All right, folks. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Permit to Think. My hope is this podcast offers meaningful conversations and stories from the fringe of societal norms. We'll see where it goes. Be sure to subscribe and support the podcast by giving us five stars and leaving a review on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you choose. Also, forward this show on to anyone in your network who you feel might identify where this ship is sailing. I'm out.